Miller. On this week's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host the managing editor of the Golf Course Industry Magazine, Mr. Matt Lowell. What an incredible episode hosted at the Golf Course Superintendent Association of America Conference in the lovely city of San Diego. Um, Matt has been a long-time supporter of our program, and it's been great to be able to hang out with him over the last few weeks. Uh, first at uh, the SFMA Conference, uh, being able to talk and discuss different things with our kids and our students having the opportunity to go on one of their podcasts. Um, to hear in this podcast in San Diego, uh, reconnecting to just, again, talk about the love of our industry and everything that goes on and talking with the industry professionals and being able to make that connection over, again, the love of relationships and talking to people and hearing about what they're doing, how it's impacting different ways people are doing things. And in this episode, it's just great to talk to another person who goes through these motions and discusses these important topics and makes sure that everyone understands what really truly is important in our industry and what is going on right now. Um, I highly recommend you guys go subscribe to the Golf Course Industry Magazine. Uh, Follow all their podcasts on the Superintendent Radio Network um, from Tartan Talk to Beyond the Page, all these different incredible podcasts that bring in golf course superintendents uh, firsthand discussing what they're doing and how their lives are going and what their work is and just again incredible content all around and Matt has always been someone who is out there supporting each and every one of us and trying to get our voices heard Um, so again we cannot thank him enough for taking the time and again becoming a great friend with Matt over the past couple years has been fantastic so We can't thank you enough, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. 70. Number 70. How much more can you give us? Was it big man or big guy? I don't know. That was the Mark McGuire home run call. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to this very special episode of Tiger Turf Talk on site at the Golf Course Superintendency Association of America Conference. And trade show. And trade show. (laughs) Obviously, because you are on the trade show. It's so uh, much longer than GIS or the national. It wasn't a G- they changed it, right? It was GIS. It was the national before that. Jeez. <laughs> um, we have the managing editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, Mr. Matt Lowell, a huge supporter of our program. How are you doing today on this lovely afternoon in San Diego? It is beautiful. For we're everyone this... that's jealous. <laughs> well, I love this. We're in, we're in your hotel. Yeah. We're in this open courtyard. And there are trees planted in the courtyard, which people cannot see if they're watching this. You can see it now. But it's it's completely open, and it is this wonderful blue sky. Maybe a maybe a couple clouds, probably not. Yeah. And I left snow and ice. I was going to say the the crazy weather of Ohio. I think it's going to melt. We'll see. Somebody send out a prayer so that Ohio's (laughs) melted by the time of next. Saturday. <laughs> well, I was hanging out. I was hanging out yesterday with uh, Owen Stone's twin brother Cody Stone and yeah. the superintendent uh, Brett Bailey from the Quechee Club mm-hmm. in Vermont. Great course, and they got even more. I'm like, well, Vermont, you guys make us look like amateurs. <laughs> That's always funny because I remember as a kid getting uh, stuck in New Hampshire yeah. for holidays and again Christmas, and went over into the New Year's even though it was playing two feet of snow. It was like normal on a Saturday. I'm like. 
I'm just four inches in New Virginia shutting down. I mean, say, little Virginia Drew. Well, I'm going to say everybody that uh, remembers, I think it was like a month and a half now ago, but 95 for our listeners that are not from Virginia, the 95 shutdown was actually our county at the very top where everything started, where even the governor is a senator of Virginia was stuck on the, oh, <laughs> the highway. Yeah. It was uh, Tim Kaine. <laughs> former former vice presidential nominee, I think. Yes, I believe yeah. so. I think yeah. it was ten years ago now. Yeah, something like that. But I mean, a lot of great opportunities. So this is my first golf show, uh, golf course, super show in America. Woo! Uh, <laughs> normal again, GIS before. Um, what has it been like for you to see again this grow to where it is now? You know, being completely different and completely just again this massive obviously for what i've heard it's it's down in numbers right uh because of covid obviously but what's it been like for you to see sort of this grow and everything that goes with it well to be honest i mean it's it's looks like we're no it's okay i mean this is only my second in person really yeah and orlando was my first two Mm -hmm. years ago was obviously much bigger because orlando is a lot easier for a lot of folks in the industry to get to it's it's not that san diego is not a tourist destination but Mm -hmm. orlando has all the parks orlando has airport infrastructure walt disney (laughs) fell in love with it in the 60s yep trivia fun fact oh here we go Walt, walt disney picked orlando as the site for disney world on november 22nd 1963 Comes down out of the helicopter. Yeah. And finds out JFK has been assassinated. Jeez. Random. Random fact. Random conflict. Did you know that our county was supposed to be the site for the Disney Park uh, revolutionary themed outside of DC? Fact. I did not. Fun fact. They had a whole park designed around the founding fathers and everything. And when it came to it, they had the <laughs> the lovely people that are now built up the developments and everything that blocked it and was yeah. just like hey no we're not interested in disney yeah i would have been working at the mouse house for probably would have. for when i was in high school a couple probably. of summer jobs just a few you know <laughs> but no yeah it's kind of crazy to see how things change with that um so you have seen a lot of people that you know recently i feel like i've seen a lot it's probably not been that many. which is what's Again, that's just a feeling from coming back from right. COVID and everything. Um, what have you uh, been looking forward to this week? And sort of, obviously, you're on the trade show floor with Booth, so we can chat that out. That's a that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, let me double check. I think it's three eight five six. Gotcha. I think. Let me let me see what I read. They're very close to our presentation, which is on the trade show floor. Three eight five six. Boom. We're see, we're in the back know. by one of the concession areas. Concession areas next to the Torah booth and. Yeah. I think it's like one area with from the H stage, which I saw this morning. It was doctors, <laughs> PhDs versus superintendents. It was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was Matt Corley moderating that. I think. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was really funny because they were all just up there, like, "Hey, I'm better than you. I know more than you." And it's like, you know what? We all agree on the same stuff because it's everybody's not, worked together on everything. It's so not a all competition. The, all the PhDs are like, hey, I know this. Like, what you're saying is correct. So there's nothing to be arguing about who won this, who won that, right? <laughs> but uh, no, they had a great time. It was pretty funny. Uh, 
Gorley did a great job yeah. of moderating. He's basically a game show host. <laughs> Absolutely. He's so cool. 100%. It was pretty fun. Have you had him on? I have not. You no, should get Matt Gorley. I would love to have him on. I have to, I have to up my uh, golf side. But he's, I've, he's, told, I've told you a few of the I've invited and I've had conversations. I sent the, you know, I send the questions ahead of time usually. I didn't, not this do, time. didn't do it for you because, again, <laughs> I wanted it to be more of a conversation. Um, but I sent them and I'm like, it was like four times. Did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. I just you get back to me so I know. Uh, won't drop any names, but I was excited to have him on. It just didn't work out. So that happens. Got a few good ones. Uh, we got Paul. Hasn't been released yet. Sorry. Um, trying to think of the last golf. I believe it was. Oh, geez, that's a while. Could be Morgan. Creighton, you know what I'm talking about? I do. She was, she was one of our Super Social Media Award winners along with you yeah, last year. Uh, yeah. 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 Women, women in turf up in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're doing great stuff up there. It's great. Um, and I think they're doing better in the U.S. I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, we've had some great golf. We had Blake Mintemeyer on a while back. That's the part. It's getting, like, years now that we've been doing this. And I'm like, really? Was it that long? Like, because COVID, again. COVID's two years now. Yeah. When it first started. And By I the time just, this drops, yeah. It's just like, I completely forgot. <laughs> We're two years into this. So just keeping up with all those people has been kind of crazy. But um, with you, I obviously a lot of people know you for what you do. If you could give our listeners sort of a background of Golf Course Industry Magazine. We obviously have worked together in the past. Uh, you guys did. An absolutely phenomenal piece on our program. Well, um, Lee Carr. Lee, all, all credit to Lee. Lee is amazing. Uh, she actually did some Gen Z stuff mm-hmm. with her kids this year. Um, that will be she was that'll phenomenal. be online by the time this drops as well. There we go. In the February issue. A uh, couple of our kids who are golfers. Uh, I believe one is looking to go into the industry. Uh, maybe not specifically golf, but uh, he's trying to work in the industry on his way up. Barrett's just a great kid, and she's awesome. So she she, she was, was she was profiled in that package. She, yeah, yeah. She um, wanted to be a D one golfer, didn't really work out, and she hates me when I say it. I'm like, this is my D one golfer. She's like, no, I'm not a D one golfer. My like, Barrett's fine. Okay, it's just it's fine. You are in our hearts. You know, it's all okay. Uh, could you just sort of give us an idea when it started, how the magazine sort of came to where it is now, and hopefully what your guys' plans are for the future? Yeah. So golf course industry. Still a monthly magazine, still reliant on uh, advertising revenue, not subscribers. So it's very That's stable. Awesome. Uh, I don't think we're going anywhere profitable, I think, 10 years in a row now. That's so we're doing, we're doing well. Um, we like to pride ourselves on being uh, the leading independent voice in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give voice to as many people as we can, whether that's uh, superintendents, assistant superintendents, uh, equipment technicians, students, um, anybody involved in turf maintenance in any in any capacity, um, and whether that's in writing in podcast form, you've been killing it for a year and a half on podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so have you. And every December, we open up the pages to anybody in the industry who wants to write. Turf Ed's takeover. Uh, I believe we're six issues into that now. Yeah. Six six years. Uh, everything online, golfcourseindustry.com. Everything in the magazine is at golfcourseindustry.com slash magazine. Subscriptions are free for anybody in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the superintendent radio network. And 
think we're going on 15 years. I've been on board for about three. My editor, Guy Cipriano, the editor-in-chief of the magazine. Guy. I think he's been there about seven years, maybe eight years. Yes, I did play on words there. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fantastic. He's great yeah. to work with. Um, he's not here at this show. He will be at Toka in, in May. What's Toka? Uh, Turf and Ornamental Communicators Association. He should actually join. I have so many organizations <laughs> that everybody's like, hey, you should join, you should join. I'm like, I'm just trying to keep up with the couple that I have yeah. right now, you know. Uh, big one, now. I just saw uh, they just came out with uh, Parks and Rec, their own organization. I'm like, jeez, there's, there's too much going on. You know? You're going to have like 20 organizations. Yeah, right? yeah. But so yeah, so mean, in, our, in our presentation yeah. tomorrow, we took uh, a survey, and one of them is like, who's a part of what organization? And believe it or not, there's only one GCSAA member, and that's me. Wow. Out of the 53 high schools that took part in the uh, survey. I still need to get those results from you. Yeah, and, I'll send them over. Uh, and the good doctor. The good doctor, Goatley. Yeah. You gotta love that man. Um, but yeah, the, the just to wrap up with GCIA. Sorry, is, no, you're good. You're good. With lots of... Non well, not non sequential, lots of sides. Yeah. Uh, guy came up with the three C's, which are uh, caring, candid, and creative. Mm-hmm. That kind of describes what we do. And then we recently, in our mission statement, had the three ins, which are, uh, let's see if I can get this right, uh, innovative. I'm blanking on the second one, and inclusive. Integrated? I don't think it's that. But the third one is inclusive. That's good. Meaning, you know, Everything. Everybody's everybody's and you everybody's guys do so much more than just turf related stuff, you know. Yeah. We I was at SFMA with Leah and you guys did a whole thing on not grass related conversation, which is awesome. Right. Um, which again a lot of people don't really take into account, you know, and it's again it's, it's, this, the, it's the human side. Exactly. Yeah. This show like is brand new to me. I'm meeting so many new people that I've never known before. And, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to see the people I want to see, like Matt Wharton. Mm-hmm. I need to say thank you to him uh, with everything with Ryan and whatnot. But um, there are just so many people out there that you don't know their story, you know. And by getting that sort of little insight um, this morning, I forget his name. The guy at Pinehurst, number two. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, John Jeffries? Yes, John yeah, Jeffries. He's fantastic. He. he uh, won an award this morning that Colonel something. Oh, I feel terrible. Was that the uh, Morley? Yes, Colonel yeah. Morley. Yeah. So uh, he was the first recipient. And it was like, a, again, it's much bigger now. Than award. Um, but he was talking about how his dad impacted his career and how his father was a superintendent and everything. And it's things like that where you get to see the person. You know, like my thing, like me and my dad have a great relationship. I'm an educator because of you know, like I mean, he was a chaperone for exactly. the kids at the SFMA show. Oh That's God, cool. yeah, uh, that was good. I think, he, I think he loved it. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> he was freaking out for some stuff. He was like, I never knew. I'm like, now you know. If he came to this, you wouldn't be as impressed because I don't know anyone. <laughs> you know, give it a year or two. You'll be uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I mean, with everything, it's just crazy to take those things out of. And what their context is in their positions, you know. Um, and again, another thing about these conferences is seeing everyone has the same struggles, everyone has the same issues. And I think you guys bring attention to that a lot when it comes to your writing and articles and podcasts. Um, the other thing I was very, again, we're pretty good friends and you're a huge I'd say support. So. Yeah. <laughs> you're, again, I didn't want to make any judgment calls, um, but you're a huge supporter of our program. 
I was very interested to do a podcast with someone else who does their podcast, you know, their own podcast, mm-hmm. you know, having that conversation. <laughs> I haven't had anyone on that runs a podcast. So it's weird to be on the other side. No, exactly. But we're using so, my mic. Exactly. We're using his <laughs> mic for sure. Um, but again, what is it like for you and those? Again, I think I was one of your first ones in your. Not overall, yeah. but set, what was it? Uh, it was Beyond the it was Page. Beyond the page yeah. okay. Might have been the first or second episode. I think, again, one or two, whatever. Uh, I remember that was the first like full conversation I ever had with you. Um, <laughs> and it was great. I mean, it was just, there were so many things that you talked about. And I try to do that when we're doing ours. But um, what's it like for you, again, sort of running those podcasts off of, again, articles or things that you guys are working on, uh, sort of, further seeing and giving that little insight of beyond the page or beyond the person themselves, you know? I mean, it's really just when I was pitching ideas for podcasts about two and a half years ago, one was just like, why don't we have an audio version of the magazine? And that would have been so boring because then you would have heard me <laughs> reading every story. <laughs> you know, the columns. I think there's somebody that does that. I could be wrong. The columns reading their columns. Uh, the aforementioned Matthew Ward, America's Greenkeeper and Doctor, Everybody would be like, Doctor, Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Bradley S. Klein and Henry Delosier and Tim Morgan and maybe even Terry Buchan reading his his equipment hacks column uh, and Guy reading his column. Uh, that would have been fun, but like I would have read every story and that would have bored. So it's it's kind of just taking a different angle and not mm-hmm. stepping on the toes of what's already in print yeah. and giving people just another area to listen to. And that's that's one podcast. So there's Beyond the Page, you know, Off the Course, we try to focus on the lives the and, and outside interests of, of turf pros. Leo was on that not too long ago. Uh, guy talks with architects on, on Tartan Talks. Uh, Which there's is awesome. Greens with Envy. Guy and guy and me just talking about where we've been and, and who we've seen. Mm-hmm. And we've actually added two monthly, two more monthly podcasts to the network, the Superintendent Radio Network, just this year. Um, Wonderful Women of Golf, which had been bi-monthly, yeah, yeah, yeah. hosted by one of our contributors, Rick Wolfel. Mm-hmm. The, the qualifications to be on the show are do you work <laughs> in golf this earlier. and and are you a woman and he's had some great guests and thanks yeah. to thanks to a grant uh, we applied for and, and got last year we were able to take that from six months or six times a year to 12 times a year mm-hmm. and then uh, trent manning uh, out of ainsley in georgia who's done a great job over almost last year with yeah, real turf so. techs yeah, yeah. opening up uh a, a podcast by and for equipment technicians um, I remember he, the first episode. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, like, this is different yeah. than everything that's out. You know? And Sorry. and he, he still does he still does a weekly one. We just have one a month. It's on Superintendent Radio Network. It's sponsored. We try to get him a little bit of money, and uh, and and he's on now too. So that's we just try to try to expand the scope a little bit more. And, and Absolutely. I don't know. I don't have time to listen to all the podcasts. <laughs> so I don't know. A lot of, a lot of people are always like. Hey, Drew, do you listen to your podcast? I'm like, no, I don't listen to my podcast. I don't have any time for that. What do you mean? Oh, you're listening to your own podcast. My like, playlist is like 98 things deep right now. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, there are, again, there are some that I I listen to, like the real the real turf technician. What is it? Real turf techs. Okay. They, they have some great content. Again, stuff that I wish I knew more right. about. Um, I know you mentioned the Dirt on Turf podcast. Yeah. I'm... I don't know anything really about it, but it's <laughs> something that I, I can't really sit through the whole time. Like, I, and I, I'm a podcast guy. I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah. You know, well, I, mean? I, I listen to a ton. Yeah, and it's just the, the trick is to maximize. It's, it's tough to listen to anything at single speed. Yeah, uh, one point two bare minimum. 
1.5 is ideal. Gotcha. I wish I could listen to it at like 1.65, 1.7, because 1.8 is just a little too fast yeah, yeah. on a lot of them. Um, something else that I love, again, about our podcast, about podcasts in general, is the, the network he builds. You know, I was on the Midway last night, getting crazy. Again, not knowing many people. <laughs> I mean, I ran into a few people. I know. I'm on a boat. Still, it was more the fact they were dropping people from a helicopter onto the deck. I saw the video, yeah. I was like, yep. This is not the same as SFMA. It's a little different. <laughs> uh, but I ran into, I forgot his name. Um, so John Ludwig, we've talked mm-hmm. about John. Yep. Um, he, it's not his assistant. He is the manager for their new practice facility, which is, have you seen images of their new practice facility? I don't know if I have. So... Um, I'm, I'm a Liverpool supporter, so I see, <laughs> I see all the Liverpool I'm a, stuff. I'm a... Uh, Leicester City guy, yeah. just because of the Sports Turf Academy. John, John John's, does great work. John's awesome. Um, it's just he. <laughs> it was funny. I was walking by him. He's like, "Tiger turf grass." I'm like, "Oh God, yes, that's me." That's funny. I'm like, "Oh, how does he know?" He's like, "Oh, I work for uh, John at Leicester City." I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome." Your um, podcast famous? No, not even that. No, I'll tell you a story in a minute. Um, turf, turf Twitter famous. Uh, either way, but he pulls me aside and he goes, yeah, I work for John over at Leicester city. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, what are you doing here? Um, Holy so it's like brand new and that's all indoor. This is indoor and they have like 17 practice fields. But the thing that most people don't know is they have a golf course. Leicester city has a golf course attached to the practice. So So with that, the Turf Academy has kids. They haven't, I think, what I was talking to last, they haven't had a full class yet, like where they've had kids come in full-time. Uh, it's been more training and whatnot. Uh, but they have literally everything ranging from working on a training for four weeks to a PhD. Like, they have a professor on staff to do research and get a PhD. I'm like, well, that sounds like a retirement thing for me going over to London and just, doing it there. Just so I figure this out, like, so I don't have this wrong. No, Leicester City, a Premier League football club in England, has, has a 17-field practice facility with a golf course, and they have a full-time researcher on staff. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So the guy last night, he's in charge of all of the facilities in the practice facility. And this isn't including King Power Stadium or anything right. like that. Um, and he pulled me aside. I was like, hey, yeah, I take care. I'm like, so what are you doing? I didn't say, what are you doing here? I was like are you with the golf course? Cause like my mind's like, well, you're at the golf course superintendent association. You're here for golf. He's like, no, I do all of it. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> so again, just like the random network that you make and the people you meet. And it's just crazy to me. What has that been like for you with not just the podcast, obviously with the magazine, you said three years now you've been doing this yeah. in that short amount of time, you've met so many people. So what has that sort of experience been like in building sort of that network for the magazine and for you personally? Well, it helps to come in not cold. Uh, guy has done tremendous work over the eight years. And before him, Pat Jones, who, who was the editor before Guy. Uh, Pat's been covering this industry for more than 35 years. He's my neighbor. We live less than half a mile from each other. And then I have to come to San Diego to see him. I haven't, I haven't seen him since New Year's Pat, Eve. Like. I pass his house. We're literally two feet from each other. Why? <laughs> on, on the way to the playground, I yeah, see his that's house. awesome. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's the groundwork that they laid, and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, I make enough contacts that, you know, whenever 
guy leaves or whatever, I leave and we bring somebody else and it's the same thing. You know, you just try to pass along the institutional knowledge to meet so many people, mm-hmm. mostly on Twitter first. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's Because we're on all platforms and we were like, okay, Twitter is for industry, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone in sports field and golf course and landscape, they're on Twitter. Facebook, parent. Yeah. All, all of our parents are on Facebook. Everybody's yeah. always like, oh, we can check out everything on Facebook. That's where the community sees it because parents share it and whatnot. And then Instagram is the student body. Okay. We get our stuff out to Instagram. That's like recruiting and all that. Like everybody sees that. It's just, it's crazy to see like the levels. And now we have a TikTok. Tick, TikTok is like uh, under, how old is Leo Withrow? 25? 26. TikTok is under 27. TikTok has gotten more and more like. Is it older? Oh, yeah. Okay. We was talking to the, they were talking this morning, a 35 year old. He's like, oh, I'm on TikTok. I'm okay. Like, oh, yeah. God. Like, We've, I've, I've signed up for a, a, a GCI TikTok. Have I haven't you? used it yet. Let me <laughs> put this all the way down. But no, I mean, to meet, to meet, while you do that, while to meet so many people virtually over Twitter and then to meet them here or at other shows <laughs> or best case scenario. Uh, at their own clubs most of the time where they're most comfortable. It, it is it is really fun, and it's been great to get more and more travel in. Um, it ramped up really last June, yeah. and it's been pretty steady. I think then. it would be awesome to like get a camper and just drive around to all the facilities just be like, hop in the back, we got a studio set up. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you know Mike Rollins no, from, from SIP? Um, he just driving around the southeast i think he's based out of tampa i think he's here um he's tremendous like i said i don't know any okay well you need, you need to know mike <laughs> no again like and, i again, i've been trying he's got this sweet truck yeah uh, for work he usually parks it on the show floor he was at sfma very nice and that's what he does yeah it's great. and it's so i i forget who it was my buddy jake mays used to be head groundskeeper a friend natsy now works for uh nolan field construction or something like that um, he was talking. He was like my biggest critic. I'm like, Jake, you do understand? Like, I'm doing this for like our classroom. This isn't meant to be like a professional thing in any way, shape, or form. And he goes, You need to be more fluid, relax. I'm like, yeah, okay. This is like Dr. Bill, our first episode. Like, I've never done anything like this before in my life. And uh, I told him, I was like, I, I, it's hard to be fluid when you're on a Zoom call and you're trying to make sure you're not interrupting or doing anything like that. And uh, he he pulled out uh, pulling weeds, those guys, mm-hmm. and he's like, they're so fluid. And I'm like, because they're sitting in the room with that person. That's, you know? that's a big part. It is a huge part. And, of and, it. and Alan puts everybody at ease. Oh, Tim, 100%. Tim, I don't know if Tim was as comfortable with it at the start. I'm not saying he wasn't, but if he wasn't, he is now. Yeah. And, and Alan and Tim, the, the comfort level that they have in the room with all the Carolinas superintendents yeah. uh, is just, it, it's. Look, I, I shouldn't say this. It is my favorite golf podcast. Oh, it's fine. More so, more so. Sorry, Don't worry. We listen to Superhead Radio all the time. More so than anything that, that I produce. <laughs> I love, I love movies. I really do. And, and again, my thing, my thing again with everything is just being in the same room makes everything so much easier. Like, again, we're right here. We're having a conversation. Like, that's why I never sent any, any questions because I was like, well, you don't really need to be prepared because we're just going to be talking. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been sort of a after 
I don't know, I think it was after when you guys gave us that award. I was like, okay, I guess this is more than just a little podcast that we were doing, you know? It'd be cool to go see people and visit and just do random things like like we did in uh, Savannah, you know? That was probably the best podcast we've done with the four different people and just sitting there relaxing and having a good time, you know? Uh, Makes a difference. Yeah, 100%. To be in person. Okay. I also got all the stuff necessary. I couldn't put it on a flight, which, again, thank you for letting us use your microphone. Um, did you see our setup? When we were yeah. Up on the, so, Absolutely. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we have quite a few things that we can and it was funny. We had ordered uh, advertising things for the back of the microphone. It's like Brentsville Turf stuff. Because, again, a lot of people know us as Tiger Turf Talk. I'm like, no, it's Brentsville Turf's thing, though. Because I'm always trying to, again, hype our program up and the, give the, the credit the, to the, the kids. The king of branding. Uh, again, it's just for the kids. Everything, that, and it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, you're this and that. Like, no, my kids are the ones that do the things that need to be done. You know, like I, I can do as much as I can by myself, but Without my students, we're not successful. There's no purpose behind Brentsville Turf or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, with that, we had these things that were supposed to be at the house before we left. And I, call, I called them, like, why isn't it here yet? Like, we all got the flu. I'm like, we got the flu during COVID. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. No, and I was like, but my mind went straight to, like, COVID. I'm like, really? sure it wasn't COVID or something, but their whole office was at, like, we had to push back 10 days. and like, I don't want it anymore now. You know? <laughs> uh, but once COVID's over, we're trying to set up a studio in, yeah. the, uh, in the actual building at Brentsville. So we're going to set up, like, a TV with the guest up here and then the microphones on the table kids who don't have to wear masks, <laughs> if that ever happens. It'll happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been crazy to see it grow, you know. Um, with everything, is there anything new with the podcast that you have that you're trying? You obviously said you expand a little bit more. Is there any like off the wall idea? I mean, off the course and everything, really, again, we were talking about brings it to the personal aspect of the human being. Is there any other area that you wish you could cover? Obviously, you have so many, so it's mm. hard to add more to it. But is there anything that you've been interested in sort of exploring a little bit more? In? Well, I mean, oops. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, by design, had a few more, uh, so far just baseball, but put sports field folks on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully there's an opportunity to do more and basically take what we do for golf and do more on that side, quote unquote, mm-hmm. of the industry. It's all the industry. Um, That's, in, we're on the same page. Yeah, in, <laughs> we won't in, go in into that, of, though. <laughs> in terms of, of different areas, I don't know. I, I come up with some ideas, but Guy comes up with probably... 94% of the ideas that the two of us come up with. <laughs> that guy can come off the treadmill uh, after an hour <laughs> and, and come up with fully formed sponsored content packages, podcast series. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Um, with the magazine, obviously, you have so many different people you reach out to, and it reaches just being subscribers. Um, what has it been for the magazine itself? Again, for you in the last three years, you've seen the growth and what you've liked and where you sort of want to see it grow to in the sense of, again, uh, you cover so many different areas. Is there more that you want to do? Are you guys happy with where you're at? Um, are there more people you wish you could reach? Maybe. Or is, I mean, there's, there's always more people. Um, I don't 
I can't remember exactly what the pass along read rate is. So you send it out to the superintendent. How many people does he or she pass it on to? Mm -hmm. Um, We've made an effort in the last couple of years to try to reach more of the assistant superintendents. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that too. It's tougher to reach the hourly uh, crew just because they could come and go. You know, some clubs. Yeah, you might have year-round folks, but a lot of places, you're seasonal. Uh, you're April to end of October or whatever, and then your seasonal crew goes off and works something else from November to March and bring it back in April. So they're committed, but are they committed 12 months? No, they're not. So it's tougher to reach those folks. Um, but the, the assistant superintendents, and especially the students, the folks who are going to be in this industry full-time for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Absolutely. You know, those, those, it's not that we don't need to reach the superintendents and the directors of agronomy and some GMs, but we've tried to make a better effort to those reach groups. out to the younger folks. And you guys have done a great job. Uh, the Gen Z stuff you guys have done, and you talking to, I think it was Harry and Zach about yeah. the writing for, what was it? Uh, Turfheads Takeover. And yeah, this is a standing invitation. I'm going to plug it. There we're, we go. We're, we're, in, listen. we're in February. The, the deadline's normally around early November. Usually, mm-hmm. I think it's usually the Friday after election day. Yeah. That's not anything official, just how it works. But uh, turf heads take over every December. We've done it the last six December issues. Uh, if you are in the industry in any capacity, superintendent, assistant superintendent, hourly worker, uh, student, intern, mm-hmm. researcher, professor, professional turf student, sales. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you are in the industry in any capacity and you have a story that you want to tell, personal or otherwise, about the industry. Uh, we always accept. Yeah, I don't know if I gave Lee a good story. It was very hard to come up with a good story about my kids. Uh, I think I narrowed it down. It was a TikTok thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the biggest thing about younger individuals is understanding that they're a different generation. And I first found out about that was when one of my girls, God bless her, she's a great kid. Uh, I was playing music in the classroom. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And uh, <laughs> playing Frank Sinatra, one of the greatest of all time. To the it was playing that, and she goes, oh my gosh, this is a TikTok artist. <laughs> oh my God. That late, great, famous TikTok star, like, Frank Sinatra. I, I stopped class. I was like, get out. <laughs> there was no reasoning behind it. I was like, I need five minutes. Get out. <laughs> it was just, it was so funny. And it was like, after that moment, you know, like she was one of those that was like on the fence, sort of like mm. with things. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a good time. It's fine. Like you understand <laughs> like the reasoning behind my reaction. And now I understand you. Like, <laughs> I mean, with everything, it's just, it's crazy to see that generational gap and it, it's, Something that I'm curious from you, again, you've worked with so many different people and seen so many different things. What would you say sort of the state of the industry is when it comes to being able to talk to all levels? And again, you guys reach out to younger folks. You have obviously the top end GMs and everything when it comes to the top courses in the country. Um, I think there's been a really big theme and another reason why we're here. Oh, well, I'm here now. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> the labor is shortage and everything and where it is going to be solved. And hopefully there are a lot of people talking about a lot of different ways of recruiting and whatnot. So hopefully they'll come out to our 
talk tomorrow because I don't think they're aware of any high school programs in any area, um, which you guys did a great job letting people know about us. But uh, uh, there's more work to do. Uh, the sort of like overall state of the industry from your eyes in the sense of, again, you're writing about it all the time, you're interviewing people, you're discussing different again, opportunities there are for individuals in and out of the industry. Um, what is that like for you? And what do you think, where do you think we're at as an industry as a whole? And it can be, again, like you said, you and I are both field management and golf are all one industry, you know, even like, I even consider landscaping a long care sure. in that well, industry. We have a separate magazine. <laughs> so <laughs> we talked about that too. Yeah. Lawn, lawn and landscape, older, bigger magazine, neither here nor there. Hmm. Uh, plus that, that part of the industry can pay a lot more. And, oh, yeah. and that's, and that's what it, I think really boils down to. Uh, so that was, that was the January cover package numbers mm-hmm. to know formerly state of the industry. Yep. And I think, I don't remember how many hundreds of responses we got to the survey. And then I talked with probably 15 or 20 people over the course of a, a month or so mm-hmm. for more anecdotal evidence. Yeah. And over the last year, especially obviously labor is the number one issue. COVID is if COVID is number two, it's a distant number two. It is, it is and that's number one up here and, and two down here. And it was that way in, in late 2020 during as well. COVID, during yeah. the heart of like, yeah. they can't go outside or anything. Right. And it labor, was not that much of an issue for them because everything was booming, you know, yeah. they were. But it, it, it's tough. Um, you know, revenues and a lot of clubs have never been higher. I don't think there's ever been as great a percentage of clubs reporting they were profitable mm-hmm. in the last year as we had in, in late 2021, at least according to our survey. Yeah. Um, rounds are, are still up, and we'll see. I think they'll be at least steady, if not up a percent or two in 2022. A lot of it. I think the thing is, is that, and again, it sounds terrible, mm-hmm. but I think that COVID sent a shock to society. This isn't like golf or anything. Like, hey, there's an outdoors. Sure. Did you know that? Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the sad truth about where we were in time. Like, Right. Kids were never leaving their houses because they were playing video games. The only time they left was for school or whatever. Parents were working too hard, spending too much time at work. Their work caused them to stay inside and be, again, elsewhere or whatever. And they were talking earlier, like, you have to deal with virtual uh, workers now in the golf course management. I'm like, you can't. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, you have to take care of the course somehow. You can't yeah. be like, Hey, uh, sprinkler, turn on right here for me and pull on the laptop, you know. But there are so many things that brought back sort of the love for the outdoors. That's why, again, golf became such a big thing. Uh, lawn and landscape, everybody wanted to fix their lawns they hadn't touched in 20 years. Like, um, and that's why I think COVID came like again, way lower on the scale. I mean, they didn't stop working, it was an right. essential worker. I went, I went to a local nine hole course mm-hmm. in San Diego and I won't I won't say this because I'm working on a story about it. <laughs> but the new owners bought it in January of twenty twenty and it was genius. Well, as it turns out, so they run a distillery oh, and okay. then so he has he has three double down. He has three tech companies. Oh, okay. So that's how he affords a Porsche SUV. Gotcha. Um, but the the I know. Oh, wow. I know. But the, the other option was, do we buy this nine-hole golf course or do we buy a restaurant? And he was telling me, if we'd have bought a restaurant, it probably would have sunk the distillery and it might have sunk some of the tech companies. Right now, been, 100%. It would have been the absolute worst time. And Because I, I said, you you couldn't have picked a better time to buy a golf a course. A restaurant on the golf course, which, which they're doing. Exactly. But That's awesome. You know, all, all this 
cycling back to labor, yeah. you know, it, it, it's tough because that's what's on everybody's lips. And mm-hmm. if you listen on the floor closely enough in the lobby, most of the conversations, I don't know most, but a lot more than any others are going to be about labor and how you find people and how you pay people and how you retain people. And the, the biggest thing is pay. Like, I think the industry average for so hourly hard. workers was about just under $17 an hour, according to our survey. And that's, that's everybody from 16 you up to 30 to years. Me. You know what's funny to me? Yeah. I have no idea how, again, a golf course doesn't notice that, again, greenskeepers and their staff are the reason that they make all this money. So, again, it's, again, Preaching same thing, required. sports yeah. field and everything, like, the whole where the game begins, like right. it really does. But a Wawa or a Sheets can hire a high school student at the age of 16 and pay them $19 an hour. No experience. They're not going to do anything other than maybe flip a burger, and that's the hardest work they'll do. Right. And again, it's a corporation, so they can do that kind of stuff. But at the same time, when you're talking about with golf courses, like you're making more than shit's making. Like, you know, it's not something that you can't do. It's just, I feel bad for the superintendents because they're handed a budget and that budget line doesn't change. And when it does change, it's because they're doing a renovation or something. It's not like, hey, we can consolidate some of this and put it towards like labor. And you're already spending usually 60 to upwards of 70% 70 of your budget budget already. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not much more fat to trim. the The thing that I, I haven't really discussed it with a lot of people, but I think the management style that everybody's talking about, like having a home life, having all these things, I think it can be solved with proper time management in a sense. So you have four assistants, right? Some along the lines of that. Not many clubs do. Which I understand. I, I did understand. talk I did talk with one that has five. Again, just recently. Oh, and I've heard there's more that have a lot more. On, yeah. So on average, yeah. I would say three. Mom Ooh. and pops are like one or two. Yeah, yeah, you can't not have two, is what my thing is. And if it's an assistant, there's like a, a there's second a, assistant. There's a you know lot I mean? of there's a lot of public and municipal courses okay. with with an, a superintendent and an assistant. Yes. Yeah. So again, they probably get not the best pay, but at the same time, they get paid more than right. well, say those people that have five. And that know? and that's another option. Another uh, talking point is just like we talk about folks in sports fields trying mm-hmm. to get more money. Yeah, assistants. And some superintendents are good, but assistants need to make a greater percentage of, we talked about of that what their, sports their superintendent makes. At the conference. It, it needs to be, I don't know what the percentage is, but it can't be 30 or 40. Yeah. So my, my, my thing with the time management sort of thing, I think when I was in New York, they did this with the Mets. Have allotted time frames for when the person is working. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sort of understand that you can't do this with less people in the sense of, okay, we have an assistant in the morning, an assistant in the afternoon. So that way the kid who comes in the morning, or adult, I should say adult, sure. is working until like one or two, right? And then they're off. And that's the time frame they want. Some key people are morning people, some people aren't. People that aren't, they come in at noon and they work until the sun goes down. Yeah. Like they cover all the bases of watering, all the issues that people are always concerned about. And the assistants are staying until whatever hour because of just got to work around golfers. But That's again, all. like when you're thinking, when you think about that, if you have two guys working around that many golfers, what's the difference between have one of them working around those golfers? Like, again, I'm not a golf course superintendent at all. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen work done and whatnot. It might be different, but 
most of the afternoon work is just make sure your greens are okay. Right. And I could be wrong. But you do have a team of 200. But, and, you, and you talk with a lot of students. So, again, with that, I mean, <laughs> so, uh, you do have a team of 200. I do. But with that, you can have hourly guys split with those two guys. So instead of having – and, again, mm. this allows there to be a management practice, learning how to become a leader, having those assistants grow into superintendent roles because, again, they are managing crews. But then you have kids who are working less hours, less time, they're focusing on skills. They're more relied on. And that's, I think that is the biggest misunderstanding about retaining kids. Kids don't want to go to a golf course and do shit jobs. And well, just engage them. That's, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Put them on an aerator one time. What are they going to do? <laughs> they're walking an aerator. Like, no one's going to hit anything on a golf green because there's nothing to hit. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like a it's not like a sports field where I remember my first time doing it. I was at uh, I think it was uh, City Field. I did attack, but at City Field we were doing all like don't hit a sprinkler head down hit sprinkler. <laughs> was like, and it was so funny. One of the interns that I worked with in Pittsburgh, he hit a box. It was funny. It didn't hit anything, thank God, but it went go, 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 go. I was like, oh, oh, oh please don't, please don't. <laughs> he came like this close to where you put the hose in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the, What's he doing now? Is he still in the industry? You know, He's in golf, actually. There you go. Yeah, Aaron's a great guy. Still working Aaron in the industry. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, super assistant right now. Well, he worked in Pittsburgh. He went yeah. back another year after I left, and then he went to uh, Orioles spring training. I can't keep person like unbelievable. They've had a new like assistant head, Roger Dean. It's like where all the major like showcase teams come to play. They have like a complex in, in Jupiter. In Jupiter, yeah. And, is it, and yeah, nobody yeah. wants to work there because of those again different. It's hey, it's the heart of the season. Let me add five hundred games in like three weeks. Like, yeah, I don't want to work here anymore. Well, like. Roger Dean's a crazy stadium anyway, exactly. not, not to get too far off. But, no, you're fine. You know, I've been to I'm pretty sure I'm way off, so go ahead. <laughs> I've been to, what, 120, 130 minor league ballparks, some darn minor league ballparks. Yeah. Roger Dean is the only, I think it's still, the only full-time park to host two minor league teams. So, again. Jupiter, Hammerheads, yeah. Palm Beach, Cardinals, um, and then you said a lot of showcases. It's it's an insane, I think insane schedule. White Sox have two minor league teams out in Arizona. Uh, well, for that's spring. No, 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 no. I get like afterwards. Yeah, I think they have the White Sox and the Dodgers. Like, well, that's not short A. Yeah, that's, that's not even. That, like, but I hear like, what you're full, saying. Full, full season, time, yeah. full seasons after spring training. Yeah, basically. April and again, to, like April to Labor Day. You're you talking. Oh, we've talked off. to a bunch of different guys. Uh, Matt Parrott in uh, mm-hmm. Charlotte. Charlotte. He has uh, the ACC tournament now. Yep. Beautiful you're talking. You're talking about the one time time frame of the summer where they have all hey, let's throw a conference tournament in there for you. It's just again things like that where you don't compensate the guys like us. That's where we're losing people, and I completely understand. That's the problem. Like I feel awful, but for some reason we can't get out in front of the guys who are in charge. You know, but that's what it's going to come down to is if if superintendents. And sports field managers and other leaders in this industry can find a way to pay folks more. They'll stay. And, and if they can't, and people love they, it. they won't stay. That's the thing. That's what it comes people down to. People love it. It's just, when you're talking about 
And again, like I don't, and I'm always upfront with my students. I always tell them this. I'm like, okay, if you want to be outside, if you want to enjoy yourself, there are opportunities to find where you have a good work life, but you have to work hard. You have to have a love for it. That's why, again, I get them on golf courses and whatnot before they go to college because I don't want them going to college, having all this money spent, and be like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? So, um, again, it's, it's just the work-life balance is an issue, the money is an issue, and the overall sort of climate of what we are as an industry has sort of been the overall issue of, okay, we work all this – but work all this time, energy and whatnot, and it doesn't come back to us, you know? Um, and I don't think anyone's looking for anything major. You know what I mean? I think that... Just a little more money and a few more days off. That's and it. again, like, that's that's, that's the biggest thing is, like, we're not even asking for that much money. Right. You know what I mean? I forget who I was talking to. I might have talked to you about this. If you take 1%, 2%, let's say 2% of every major league contract mm-hmm. on the roster. You know how much money that is? Uh, let's see. The average. What is the average? It's going down a little bit. It's like 1.5. No. Really? No. The average, the average major league. The average major league player. I think it was over five. Okay, like over five. five. Okay. Either way. It's called five million. It's a lot. Yeah. Times 25. So about 100. $25 million. Uh, 10% is 12 and a half. So that's a million and a quarter uh, per Why 25 can't man you roster. Ask the players. You know what I mean? Talk, we're talking about the NFL Players Association going to bat for turf, for natural grass to be put in every stadium. But they don't know us. They don't know who we are. They don't right. know what we do, which I could be wrong. I think there are a lot of. NFL guys and MLB guys that have had good relationships with people, um, with players, I should say. But take 1% of every contract and then distribute that on a ground screen. Yeah. What is 1% of a contract like to a player? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're talking about take 60% of that that goes to that guy, and you're still talking about 40% of 1.5% distributed amongst three or four guys, it's still a huge pay raise for every person on that staff. And again, you and I have talked about this. They're the first line, first line of defense on every single athlete to ever play on any game, any field anywhere. Well, let's talk with Sean Everson this morning. Mm-hmm. My favorite folks in the industry. Exactly. We, I need to see him because yeah, <laughs> he was great at SFMA. And, and, and he's, a big, he's a big baseball fan. Yeah, he yeah. loves baseball. Pitched in college. His, mm-hmm. his brother is the pitching coach for the Oakland A's. Nice. And we always wind up talking about baseball very quickly. We talk about golf, and we usually <laughs> talk about baseball. And he brought up Mickey Mantle again today. Yeah, you know, seventy-one years ago, Mickey Mantle. I think it was the nineteen fifty-one World Series. Trips on a sprinkler head. Still an incredible player. But what would Mickey Mantle have been had he not tripped on a sprinkler head at twenty or twenty-one years old and, and just shattered his ankle? And that was in the World Series. And you don't see stuff like that anymore. Uh, in any high-level sport, really, baseball, golf, football. The soccer. worst thing is water comes on, right? And everyone now turns everything off to make yeah. sure that nothing happens but, like that. You know, it, it's. I think that kind of paints it into perspective. It's just like, a, look how far it's come in seventy years. B, you don't want to get hurt. And again, like, 
when we're talking about the kid in the national championship game on an artificial turf field, Waddle, I think it was, or Waddell, or oh, there were a few. I mean, it wasn't Alabama but he, down, but Bama, the big one. Alabama was down their top two receivers for artificial turf yeah. injuries. Yeah, but like in the middle of the game, where you know it was the field, it wasn't yeah. anything else because there was no one near him. Yeah. Like. That kid is now in trouble for the draft because he has a blown knee, which they say he's going to recover, which is great. Because he's bless 21. Him. And God bless him for it. Power view. Yeah. But the whole, like, now you got the question in the back of the mind. Do we want him? That might have cost him sure. over a million dollars oh. easily. You know? Maybe 10. Yeah. So, sure. again, stuff like that, where, again, pay the sports field manager an extra, I don't know, $100,000. Like, it's like unbelievable to me that again, multi-billion dollar guys. Mm-hmm. Steve Cohen doing great things for the Mets, right? Yeah. He's got fourteen billion dollars. Well, you know, he needs he needs a better art collection. <laughs> and so I feel I feel like he's one of the guys he's that a great might, private art collection. I feel like I feel like he's one of the guys that might actually listen to okay, yeah. yeah, we do need to bring sort of again some yeah. understanding to what we do. But it's Again, like, if we somehow again got a pitcher or a player or somebody from somewhere, a Jordan Spieth or someone, to just advocate for us. I mean, the purse in a major championship is disgusting. It's <laughs> the best way to say it, you know? Yeah. No offense to them. 10, and congratulations. 15, $18 million. Yeah. Just yeah. For, for three days of work. Like, I'm not, I'm not even like. That's number one. You're not talking about through 40, you know, the guys that make the cut. So it's like, oh, it's like just give 1% to the guy who just spent the last three years prepping that course for you, which I think golf courses have gotten better. And I could be wrong. You pay private chefs. You pay private airline pilots. You pay your entourage. You pay your agent. And it's, again. The folks who take care of the turf. This is. Like, just as important. This is my thing. It's not even like they're looking for, like, that much money. We're not looking for 5% of your income. Like, I'm not even even saying 1%. Like, 1% was just a number I threw out there. Like. It's easy to do the math. Again. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit. You know what I mean? And then, again, my big thing, the other thing that really disgusts me with, like, um the guys who are running the show, the GMs and the owners, you put on these concerts make their jobs more difficult that cost them time, energy, and everything. You know, when we're talking about, like, overall, like, work-life balance, like, they're out of town. This is their time to go see their families, but you're adding major concerts, so they have to be there for making sure that they don't destroy the field. I remember we were doing a Billy Joel concert, and Matt, my boss, like we were like hawks watching the. This is when you were with the Mets. When I was with the Pirates. Oh, I would so, have expected the Mets. Yeah. So um, Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy Billy Joel's an amazing person. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know we could sit like that. Still, I've been I've been critical of the Dolans uh, for years because I'm a Guardians fan, and uh, yeah, the one area I cannot be critical of them in the I think it was the late '90s or early 2000s mm-hmm. they. They brought in a Jimmy Buffett concert, okay, <laughs> in a totally tore up the field. Yeah, the Indians were great at the time. Um, they they were making money hand over fist with tickets at the time, and the Dolans didn't need the concert revenue, and so they basically said, "No concerts ever again in this ballpark." And there was not one for like fifteen years. 
because Jimmy Buffett's stage tore up the Damn then, then, then Jacobs now progressive field. Damn it, Jimmy. Outfield. Damn it. <laughs> so, and again, like that's that's the kind of stuff that yeah. like it's a nightmare for a groundskeeper. You're like, you're doing this hard of the season. I've got a game in four days. Right. You're expecting this field to look as good as it did when you took the, the idea of putting a five hundred ton thing like on my field. Um we had like two forklifts drive on the road, uh drive on the grass. And like we have we we denote it like you say on the warning track do not go on the grass. Right. So you're adding another five to ten hour job residing four spots on our field that again we have to be playable within two days. Like and that again we're talking about all like the time and energy that goes into it. We're losing people because of that, you know. Uh, I know Justin Spillman was the Cubs head groundskeeper, okay. um, and they wanted to bring Chicago FC into Wrigley. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not doing it. Like, I won't do both. So he moved on. Like, I think I don't know Dan personally, but I hear he's great. Uh, Kiermaier is his name, I think. Um, but it it's just it's sickening to me to see guys like that who again, have such a great impact on what we do and great understanding, losing their passion and love for it to go to be forced to go do something else, you know? Um, but sorry if I got off topic there, but, you know, you know our talks, you know? It's your podcast. <laughs> again, I still don't feel like that, even, even though it is my 70 episodes in. Yeah, right. <laughs> um you looking forward to anything in the next few days here in San Diego? A lot of meetings, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of dinners, and uh, I can't keep up with everything. I, I can't keep up. And with you have a full organization that you're here for. You know, like uh, I'm just here to present one day. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's not that I got the the fun stuff out of the way first, but you know, there's no more golf course trips. Yeah, scheduled. Uh, it's all on the floor from here on out. Who are you going to be talking to? I know you're probably oh, a bunch of podcasts set up. No. Really? No. Well, I already recorded one. Uh, I've got one scheduled for when we get back. To it in the studio, but nothing on site. Gotcha. Nothing more. Uh, What's going on in the booth? What can people expect? Good question. You'll see Irene Sweeney. You'll see probably Russ Warner. Maybe see Dave Zai. I might be there for a while. So gotcha. one of our events people and our national sales manager and our publisher and me, respectively. Um, I think you can pick up uh, uh, turf heads grilling koozies. Ooh. You can get the matching pin at the uh, the, aqua, pin. the aqua solutions. I'll have to put it yeah. next to my uh, SFMA. I'm, I'm sure we'll have issues. I think we have a couple boxes of, of issues. I think January. So the numbers are no survey. Is the Gen Z part in there? Or? No, Gen Z's February. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you guys are sending me a couple, but I, I was like, I, I can grab it, you know? you know. And it's 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 just a place to uh, hang and, and yeah. Come for a little bit. I know Tim Morgan will be there for a little bit. Our, I know we talked to the uh, awards aren't happening this year. No, we're gonna do them virtually. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. We yeah. had a blast last year. Yeah, it was a great time. It'll be fun. The videos are still online. The event yeah. itself is still online. It's, it's still happening. Uh, but we'll probably return to the show floor in 20, 2023. Is it back in Orlando. Yeah, it is back in Orlando. They do. What is the cycle? It's like uh, Orlando well, elsewhere, San Diego. Orlando elsewhere, San Diego. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but Orlando, San Diego, obviously. I know Phoenix has been in it. San Antonio has been in it. 
Uh, Phoenix is a great place to have. Have you been to Phoenix? Yeah. Before? What are the other ones? I can't remember what the other ones are. Uh, so we got Salt Lake next year. For SFMA. You yeah. guys going to come out to that one? I think so. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. I like Salt Lake. Hopefully a good Sun- time for you guys. Sundance Film Festival starts the day the conference ends. Really? If you want to stay around and watch Maybe. a few movies. If I don't have kids, I might do that. Are you going to have a kid in 12 months? Not me personally. Oh, oh, oh your, your kids. Sir, I do not have a girlfriend. <laughs> No matter how many of my kids are like, oh, Miller's get a girlfriend. See, that's funny. See, that's <laughs> people, with, a, with a five-year-old, people, that's where my brain goes. No, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I completely understand. My, <laughs> you get, no, oh, you have, you have two hundred. You have two hundred. I have, a, if I have a kid, five now, with you. Here, you can punch me, and you know what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but. A lot of people are all like, oh, it's so great what you're doing and everything. I was like, I'm still a high school teacher. I still have to deal with all the craziness of being a teacher. Like, uh, But, you know, it's, I don't think I'm bringing kids next year, but after, I think we made a little splash. A lot of people were excited about it. Yeah. Them, like, hey, bring them. I'm like, I, the only reason we went to Savannah is because we could drive. And then this whole thing got torn to pieces because of COVID. I was like, and I'm kind of glad because I don't really think I have enough things <laughs> here and people for my kids to like get oh, you will a next great year experience. Really, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to meet people, but there are so many people. <laughs> I'm at a couple of super tents, like Missouri, wait, wait next California. Like, again, numbers, if, I, if I'm going, I feel like I mean, numbers I don't will know be, if we're going. I feel like numbers will be up next year. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And again, just. And again, you might see it more than I do, but the sheer amount of golf courses still baffles me. <laughs> like it's about fourteen thousand. And again, yeah. understanding that in the sense of like just a spread. Yeah. If you're in any suburb, pinpoint a location, do a five mile radius, you're gonna have over fifteen courses. Yeah. Like that is insane to me. Yeah. And that's what that's what I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, if you want to go anywhere in this world. If you want to go to, over to Austria on top of a mountain, I'm sure you can find at least one golf course yeah. in the middle of Austria on top if, of the if Alps. You, if you want to work on turf, you will always have work. You may not be the highest paid person. 100%. But tell you them. will always have work. You it, will it, never it, be unemployed if you don't want if to. If you're happy making X money in the middle of boondock saints nowhere, and that's what you want with your life, there's an opportunity. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be boondocks. Again, but like I mean, if that's like yeah. if that's someone who yeah. wants to be again, say in the swamps of the Everglades, sure. like there's opportunities, you know. Well, the Everglades, I think, are protected. But outside of but that, you know you what be, I mean, like be very in that area, area. This, this is what happens when you talk to someone who writes trivia. Yeah, for ten years. Yeah, that's yeah. That is sorry. No, 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 no. I correct anything I ever say. I appreciate it. You know, it means I'm going to learn. Um, but I mean, if you want to go work on the big courses. Follow guys like Jeff Watts and try and get in with them and, and have that in and then grow and become one of those guys eventually. Like everyone's gonna retire at some point. So I mean you just gotta focus on your goal and what you want to achieve and you have the people that you know that can take you there. I'm just one small little stepping stone, hopefully, to help you get there and make those connections. And that's why we do the podcast still. Everybody's like well, you're out of COVID technically. I'm like, well, first of all, not out of COVID, but I don't want to get chomped for that. COVID is very real. It's still a thing, I promise. Oh. <laughs> um, but just being able to connect with people just through a Zoom call, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, it's been awesome, you know. Um, any big plans for golf course industry in the future? 
I mean, not what things, we're talking about. Things, things but golf, about. golf uh, specific. Sorry, I don't want to. No, no, I don't want to call you out on that. No, there's there's some good stories playing. There's some good packages playing. The guy always has uh, about, about twelve things up his sleeve, which is impressive because he usually wears a golf shirt. <laughs> Sometimes he's got so a pullover. over. Like, it's it's up here. here, yeah. up here. <laughs> um, no long sleeves like us right now. <laughs> no. Um, no, just it's uh, you know, every year's a little better. Uh, there's very little static time. There's very little. Okay, we've done this. We can, let's hold it steady. It's always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's always areas to build and grow and do more. Three, personally, I mean, three years. It's not a lot of time, but it, you've done so much in that time. What do you personally want to be able to achieve in the next few years with this? <laughs> again, I don't know. Like again, just like do more podcasts, yeah. make more articles, maybe travel some more yeah. during I mean, the year. A guy and I talked about this. And I think writing is still still my biggest love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so writing, podcasting, social media, mm, it's like number five on my list. <laughs> it's it's Staying on top of social media is a pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, in Tyler Bloom's presentation. I was like, I got to put something up. So the, again, I am so grateful to be here and for GCSA putting me up. I'm like, I got to make sure I'm showing face and I'm here. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not in my hotel room, I promise. Like <laughs> You actually are. You're in the courtyard. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. <laughs> um, and again, it's my first show, so I wanted to... And I heard this is new the night before for the trade show, right? This is the first time I ever opened it up the night before? Uh, well, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember what it was two years ago, how many days the show was open. But it is. this does seem to be a trend across lots of trade shows where it opens up a couple hours, uh, say, night one or two mm-hmm. the next day it's open full day and then the, last the following day, day it's morning. a couple hours uh, so it's parts of three days but it's really less than two days gotcha um which kind of makes it more of a challenge because you can only get to so many things in two hours anyway again know. like that that's what i i'm very curious to see how tonight goes uh, yeah i might be going i might not be i just gotta figure out some stuff with some people um one of the guys we're presenting with tomorrow he uh <laughs> He, has, he just got here. They've been out here for golf, yeah. golfing and whatnot. But I'm like, hey, we got to sit and talk. Like, <laughs> this is a good friend of mine, Will Lamb. Uh, when the Scott Furlong with uh, Robert Trent Jones, uh, when everything sort of blew up with my kids not coming, I was like, hey, you want to maybe hop on our little presentation at the conference? And he was great. And I still need to talk to him about if he needs me to change anything or whatnot. So, yeah. no, it's, it's been interesting to experience all this. So we wrap it up on these questions. All right. Um, we might get a little trivia in the middle there, but uh, with everything, you know, our kids are young and whatnot. And I'm always interested to hear, and again, with your perspective, you get to be a writer and everything. If there was something that you wish you knew, maybe again at three years ago or before when you first started with all this, what would that one thing be, and why? Not to like make anything easier or anything along the lines, but something that you would might have wanted to know when you first started. In your career. Just in terms of turf or in terms of life? In terms of anything you want to talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> life is usually the way I go because, yeah. again, it's more relatable when it comes to stuff. But with turf, you can go any which way with it either. You know? So I'm 38. My wife's 37. We've been married for uh, what year is this? 20, 22. So we've been married for 13 years, right? Uh, and it's worked out perfectly. Love her, love her to death. Uh, we, have, we got a great kid. But we both say, and we, we tell kids this when we go back. We both went to Iowa University. We tell kids this whenever we go back uh, to Athens. We, we talk to college kids. 
if you love somebody in journalism, okay, you'll find a way to make it work. But the best thing to do as a journalist is to not marry another journalist. <laughs> okay. Is she a journalist? She is. She's, oh, okay. she's like niche editing and publishing as well. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a sound bit of advice for anybody in the turf industry yeah. as well. If you really love somebody in the turf industry and you really think, you know, this is, this is your person, this is who you're going to be mm-hmm. with for the rest of your life, you'll find a way to make it work. But the easiest thing find is if, if you're going to work in turf, <laughs> find someone who doesn't work, work oh, in gosh. turf. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier for turf because <laughs> there's like four of them. So it's kind of like yeah. we're set, yeah. you know, we're all good. No one's near me in turf, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I completely understand that for sure. Um, the last thing yeah. uh, for kids, again, with your unique perspective and everything, kids wanting to enter the industry, what would your best words of advice be for what you've learned from those that are, again, in those positions and been able to, again, sort of make those connections and understandings of what our industry is as a whole? What would be your best words of advice? Why? Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to ever feel like you're bothering anybody because yeah. you're not. Uh, there may be a few people in this industry who make you feel like you're bothering them, but there's yeah. not many. There are not many, pardon my language, there are not many assholes in this industry. And it took yeah. me a few years to figure out why. And I think it's because when you're dealing with the earth every day, dirt, it is. no matter <laughs> no matter what you do tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, you're going to have to do it again. And yeah. so the earth keeps you very, very humble. So there's not a lot of jerks in this industry. No. So never be and afraid. If you find them, sorry. There's, there's a few. There's a few. There's not many. Yeah. So never be afraid to reach out to people because uh-huh. people want to help you, Absolutely. whether it's whether it's superintendents or assistants or interns or media members. Uh, people are very giving of their time mm-hmm. and their expertise. And the the other thing is just, and, and I did this out of school, and I wish we could have done it a little longer, but two years in, the recession started, and, and we kind of had to hunger down and, and do what we could, Carol mm-hmm. and I. And we'd gotten married just a couple months before, so not great timing. Yeah. But out of college or out of high school, if you don't go to college, whatever, whatever your timeline is. Yeah. First few jobs. Don't be afraid to go somewhere different. Yeah. You know, if you grew up in Virginia, don't be afraid to move to Arizona. Or if you're from California, don't be afraid to move to Michigan. And especially in this industry. They might need to be a little afraid with the weather change, but yeah. Well, no, go ahead. Especially, <laughs> especially in this industry, um, you don't kill rental. Yes. Uh, award-winning groundskeeper now for the Buffalo Bisons. He's, I think, I, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a little younger than I am. He's early, mid-30s. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember all the teams he's worked for because he made... He did yeah, make a lot of moves. Yeah, and, and he set the goal. You know, he was going to move every few years and he was going to learn as many types of turf as he could. And in this industry especially, I think there's something to be said for knowing warm season, for knowing cool season, for working in different climates and for, for moving around. Now, when you get settled and you get married or you find someone you want to spend your life with, you have kids, whatever, um, or you get to a position where you like your job, yeah, you yeah. don't want to move. You know, that's when you, that's when you put that's down. When you make the move. Yeah. When you're when in your late teens, early twenties, it's, it's never easier. To that was, that. again, that was sort of my take on everything was at tech. I had the opportunity to work with all the new Bermuda grasses coming out. Cause we're in that transition zone. Everybody's like, Oh, latitude, no North bridge, no the home of 31 the Patriots. When I first started, I'm yeah. like, that's great. And I'm learning a lot about how to maintain it. Like Patriots, a pain in the ass. It was so funny. <laughs> it's the funniest conversation. 
So when I first got the tech, like it was like a brand new, so great winter kill surviving, you know, like that nah, doesn't having this much winter kill well, now to what like Patriot was, was like <laughs> orange to apples. And it was like over the years, like Patriot sucks. It scalps. It does all these things. <laughs> it's like five years ago, all you were like, Oh, Patriot's new invention. That's going to change the world. So well, we know more about it now. And again, like yeah. it's just, it's great to sort of see that growth. And then when I was able to go up to New York and see a completely different stage and atmosphere of what the plant was, uh, I know a Bill Deacon is probably one of the nicest people I've met at Groundskeeper in New York. It was, I felt bad because, again, I was super young. It was my first big job like that I had. So I would ask like the dumbest questions. There's, like there's, that's like now, there's, no, there's no dumb questions. Well, <laughs> no, there are. There I, and I understand. But like I, I remember I was talking to him because Bill's a big infield guy. He's like known as sort of like the godfather of yeah, maintaining. Well, Luke Yoder is. Yeah. But he's one of his guys. Bill and Luke came out and here actually together in San Diego um, before Bill took the job when Pete Flynn retired. Uh, the infield and working with Duradge before Duradge and Duradge. Um, Bill, again, I was just trying to ask like some of the most ridiculous questions. <laughs> like, I should know this. Even though I'm a first year like turf student, I look back at it now. I'm like, Bill, I am so sorry. Like, <laughs> So sorry, I asked these questions, but no, he's like, I mean, he's one of the best guys I've worked with when it came to that kind of stuff. Working, there was summer patch issues when I was there. It's the first time seeing it in person. Like having those opportunities again are just something that Cal and those guys can do when they go and move all these different places. So it definitely is interesting to sort of see journeys. That's what I love about doing the podcast too, is seeing everyone's journey. You know how we sort of came about. Some people are like, well. Found a job and a posting at this ballpark, <laughs> and I haven't left. I'm like, yep. fantastic. Works. You know, if that's, if that's you, that's great. But I, I've heard people that are like, I was on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, left, right, center. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of moving. Like, I could never do that much. But here you are, right where you want to be, and that's awesome, you know? I know, so Zach and uh, Harry, you met Harry yep. for the first yep. time, but Zach and a couple of your loves. they uh, want to travel. Yep. I'm like, that's go great. For it. You know, go international because that's what they want to do. They want to go see the world. I'm like, just make sure you get a passport. Yeah, make sure you can get back <laughs> in the country nowadays, you know, with everything. But yeah. they want to go see so I'm like, with the podcast being able to make connections with John and a couple of different guys. I mean, the guy at Lords is incredible. De- Declan, I think. Could be wrong. Sorry, I got that wrong. There are 120 top four tier English football clubs. And that's just again. England. Yeah, then you got Carl Scotland. Stanley then at, you got Scotland. at Wembley. You got you got the Germany. football club. That's just yeah. the, the the mecca of yeah. soccer, yeah. football. Sorry, um, that again. He's just year round working for the stadium and having uh, NFL over there, having all these different things. It's just it's incredible to see. And it was funny. At SFMA. <laughs> I didn't know he was coming, but John came and he's like running at me when we were painting. I'm sorry I didn't introduce you. I didn't even think about it. I was like still in shock that he was there. I'm like, just give me a big bear hug. I'm like, holy shit, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, I didn't realize this. Like, I would have set a bunch of stuff up. But uh, he, uh, what he's doing now is really cool. He's trying to make a connection with guys here in the States to sort of send his guys over here and oh. maybe some guys from here over there. 
Uh, nice exchange program. Uh, That's cool. So we're actually trying to set something up with them for our kids to do like a, a summer like uh, orientation or training. Yeah. Little mini certification, something. I think at high school. Level. Leicester City is going to have like this micro, uh, super oh. devoted fan base in yeah. Northern Virginia now. <laughs> got, Why are we selling so much merch bar. right outside of DC? to buy a bar for LLC. <laughs> you know? um, no, the uh, but then have his guys come over that's working with us yeah. on our fields. Or I'd love to set something up with John in DC with the Nats, yep, yep. giving them like a ground staff opportunities being there during the games and whatnot maybe something with which actually i don't know if you know this apparently the, the commanders <laughs> oh yeah yeah they might be moving to our county really the stadium okay so so, so changing stadiums and they need to change their crest because they have the, the it's three, literally a, the, the three, new era logo well the three super bowls yeah the three super bowls on there are the years that they won the super bowl not the season <laughs> you had two years to do this. <laughs> You're kidding. No, I double checked. I'm going to be honest with you. There is nothing more Washington football team than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a good uh, trivia question so, for you. I, like, I hope they change it. I really do. I, I hope they don't. <laughs> oh, I think they've been called out on it. It's, yeah. it's pretty funny because the, the whole thing was like everybody wanted Red Wolves in Northern Virginia and yeah. Maryland. I'm like, okay, great. Who kept who kept? Like, I'm, not, I'm a Giants fan, so I really don't care what you think about the team that doesn't have a name. That they were trying to not have a name. Did you hear that? Yeah. Dan Snyder wanted to keep it the Washington football team. I was like, do you want nothing to like call yours? Like, people have to have something to put their pride behind. You know, it's unique. You're the only ones. <laughs> Still, Washington football team. Washington FT. Somebody. Somebody was like WTFWAFT. <laughs> that was the first thing that came out when they changed it to that. They were like, what is going on? I'm like, you guys going to be bad over there. I don't really care. <laughs> so, um, you know, any anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Any trivia you want to talk about? You know what? No trivia. Yeah. But uh, since before my daughter was born, and she's five and a half now. We give, her, we give her two rules in life, and hopefully she follows them. Uh, and I feel like it's applicable whatever your age, yeah. but it's especially applicable if you're 14, 15, 16, I 17, see, 18. Yep. Uh, be curious, be kind. That's it. And I've, I've found that if you are those two things in life, you usually have good, interesting experiences. I love that because I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people especially in this day and age with COVID and lost time. And you talk about how our seniors are actually sophomores, yeah. you know, uh, yep. those two things will take you anywhere where you want to go in this world. Be curious, be kind. That's it. That's it. the curiosity is going to keep you going. It's going to keep you fueled for the ride. You know, wanting to do more, wanting to explore, understand whatever area that is, whether that's an online space where you're living in, your own home and not do anything whether that's going and travel or like my brother does um just having curiosity is going to be something that'll fuel you and obviously with your again life's work everything curiosity is what's going to drive what you do you know and i think it's probably the most underrated thing and i think 
our industry does a great job of making sure it's the number one thing is being kind and being a good human being. I think that has been my number one lesson over the past two years is be a good human being. Like don't, don't walk past people. Don't try and cause issues or anything like that. Listen, react in a positive manner. If you disagree with something, be respectful in that sense. You know, understand that you don't have to be kind to people because you feel like you have to. You should be kind to people because that's who you are. Yeah. You know, so I really appreciate that. And that's huge for our kids and for people that are listening. So, um, well, we're going to sign off here from live at the GCSAA conference. Andre sure. Joe. Andre Joe. <laughs> we'll see you at Booth. I've already forgotten. <laughs> Three eights. Oh, my gosh. You would ask. Sorry. 3856. We'll see you at the booth 3856 on the trade show floor tomorrow or tonight. Um, anything else real quick or all set? Yeah. All right. Signing off here from sunny San Diego. Enjoy your guys' snow wherever you're at. <laughs>